what you're yelling for Lay back, it's all been done before And if you could only let it be You would see I like you the way you are When we're driving in your car And you're talking to me one-on-one But you become somebody else Around everyone else You're watching your back Like you can't relax You're trying to be cool You look like a fool to me Tell me Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? I see the way you're acting like you're somebody else Gets me frustrated Life's like this You fall and you crawl and you break And you take what you get and you turn it into Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it No, no, no Like never, ever, ever, ever Ever try to fake it like literally don't ever do that because that's what's really happening in the real world you know you can't really judge a book by its cover people look like the best the the, the best people on earth like they look like as if they are like saints and they have never done anything ever like they're really uh like they they walk around with a halo over their head but then um as time goes by, you see some shit just spilling out. So never ever fake it. That's always been the punchline, you know, uh, of my episodes. Anyways, how are you doing? This it's exactly it's exactly eight forty eight p.m. this Sunday evening, and this is Mel Class of bringing my next episode to you i mean it's been uh, it's been almost more than a week i believe uh, my, i recorded my last episode on friday and i'm doing it now again but anyways i just want to wish every dad out there a happy father's day because it is father's day today right so uh, uh to my dad and all the dads out there um and also you know you can always uh, write to me i know this is a one-way communication write to me about you know what you remember always like your dad did as a kid because that's the best time you know when you really uh, uh the things that you carry as you get older i'll tell you what my dad did best he always tied the knot of my tie so after my tie went for a wash it was he who would always tie the best knot a nice uh he's call it um you know, like a burger knot, like a strong, big one. Uh, my school tie, because we we used to wear these red ties uh, with a school uniform, and he always tied my ties, um, and he also uh, tied my laces. Uh, so that was his responsibility. Mom never did that. That was his. Like you know, uh, tie my laces, uh, my shoelaces, and tie my tie. I mean, it's tie the uh, tie the knot, make the knot. So I always remember that because I still can't make a knot if I'm wearing, I don't wear a tie now because we used to wear it every day in school, but I can't tie uh, the knot, you know, off uh, on the tie. So that's, that's something I can't do. Uh, so that's what I really remember. That was, that was his job. That was the, his responsibility. My mom didn't interfere in that, you know? So, uh, and then another thing is um, even, uh, like you know if there's any kind of uh, like if you're suf- suffering from uh, like uh, you know a sh- small fever or you know the small small in- like if there's some itching or some kind of uh, uh, allergy or something you know my dad always has ki- some kind of solution like you know we call we always call him Dr. Fatas like that was his name because he had this quick kind of you know idea what you can do like you know uh i, I like he has a cure of course not i not uh not natural cure not homemade recipes like medicine he's talk about medicine he doesn't he never believe he doesn't believe in um what is it called uh, uh the um uh, the uh, the homemade kind of you know uh grandma's uh, recipes to cure illnesses like clearly medicine if there's you got a fever okay take this do this if you got uh if you have like uh, some kind of itching between your toes because of uh, the shoes or whatever yeah this is something that you need to do if you've got uh some allergies yeah you can take this you'll get better and it always worked so we used to call him dr fatas you know without any kind of degree or anything in medicine <laughs> like he had a solution to that 
so happy father's day to all the dads out there uh this is your day but it should be every day should be must be your day but it's good to have that one day you know for uh dads out there so um so that's what i wanted to really convey and of course you can write to me at um at just a nobody podcast gmail.com to tell me exactly what do you what what did your daddy dad do every day you know uh, uh, while growing up as a kid like you know like like every day you know something that was his responsible and he did it you know you'll never forget that uh, forever um so um and uh, dads are important you know of course to all those uh, pe- uh, kids out there who didn't grow up with their dad um you know even you i mean whoever really took care of you your gu- guardian or your mother you know they are your dads basically so wishing them all also whoever took care of you while growing up wishing them as well you know a very happy fathers day because they were uh, they the there was a big contribution from them you know uh, in a big way to be your dad and um dads are important you know it's definitely important they bring a lot of discipline um uh they discipline you they tell you what's right and wrong as you grow up and it's i think it's so important to really have dads um you know uh, uh while growing up because they really tell you what's right and wrong and they correct you and it's so important of course you know you know when you're growing up and your your dad or mom your parents like are correcting you don't do this you know don't 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 go out don't go out here or uh, don't look at these magazines you know these whatever these uh, if you're looking at those uh, you know the sexy adult magazines or whatever as you're growing up whatever you know or maybe uh, going out partying a lot or whatever and if they told you don't do it you know although it's you might not you know really listen to them you might do it as kids you know you always do what you're told not to do but at least you know at the back of your head if you correct it if you see if parents just you know kind of ignore it and say you know uh, he's a boy you know and uh, looking he's a young boy he's a teenager you know looking at these magazines and looking at these movies it's natural he's a boys and boys will be boys you know kind of thing so if parents kind of just ignore those bad kind of behaviors of kids of teenagers uh, or when you're growing up that's what the problem that's where the problem is you know you uh, that's where the problem is but when they discipline you although you will still do what they're telling you not to do but at least at the back of your he- head you know that you know that's wrong that's that's a wrong thing to do and you uh, and you you know it just help you kind of discipline yourself as you grow up so uh that's what i think uh dads are really important for you know they uh they help you understand what's right and what's wrong they discipline you uh correctly and that is so important that is definitely important you know i would definitely say um so i was actually uh this past week has been has been like I don't know what has been happening. Like as many of you who have been listening to my episodes, episode after episode, week after week, you know, a few of you all may be listening to it every uh, listening to every episode week after week. Not everyone keeps a tab of every episode. I'm sure it's not going to be that way. But whoever listens to my episode week after week know how passionate, how uh, passionate I am about comedy. you know i watch a lot of comedy i uh and as i said you know um i love it i love that uh, i love that line i love comedy how i love how you can say real serious thing and talk real serious matter by being funny you know because whatever a comedian or a comic is saying there you know on that using that mic in front of him or her and saying it's not just a joke it's real life it's real life for example if you take dave chappelle you know he's he's always talking about the police and you know racism and the dif- difficulties that he had growing up you know uh, while always being stopped and uh, you know having those difficult moments because of the color of his skin and um, he's basically talking about the culture and society and i watched dave chappelle to just understand about culture and society of america because i was not born i didn't grow up here you know wherever you grew up that that's who you are 
you know you know you know the whole uh, thing about the country really well if you grew up in a country but i didn't grow up in america and i want to know what the society and culture and religion of america is really all about so i had to list i i wanted an outlet i started watching um dave chappelle comedy then i also watched um at the daily show uh, with john stewart a lot like i got a lot of understanding of culture and society by watching a lot of comedy now john stewart had the had the news media and he called it fake news but basically he was he was conveying so much of important information you know so i'll tell you comedy has taught me a lot of course they say it's comedy it's a joke but no there's a lot of truth behind it so what happened last week about um, you know um about one of my uh, one of one of a comedian who i really loved his work you know i really watched his work i followed him on on social media i really enjoyed his uh, you know his he was he was very raw he was very real that's what i thought i think i was, was completely wrong. i'm not really sure yet because um things need to still be concluded in the in what's happening you know because um, as i said the digital media is a place uh, the digital medium has really opened up uh, an entire place where people can you know kind of um, uh maybe showcase their talent they can um, they can uh, they can kind of uh, uh organize a protest you know they can uh, they can uh, put the cold blooded murderers in jail like we have been seeing how this videos of uh, the the knee incident you know where uh where we saw the death of an a black man under his knee like uh that was George Floyd who was uh, who got killed um uh, killed by j- just in front of everybody in public space maybe if that camera was not in the pocket of someone you know we were not able to do that maybe it would just go by we would never really know what happened so that camera on the pocket and the digital platforms that are really available to us like social media has really exposed a lot of things uh and uh, that's what happened last week when a comedian who i really respected who i watched who i listened to um whose comedy bits i really loved you know he was uh, he he has been exposed i won't name him because i love I, i love taking names of people who i'm praising if i'm talking about somebody in a very uh unconclusive way because i don't really know what happened i, I mean it's not concluded yet you know we're still kind of allegations and things like that uh, uh it was so sad to hear about you know there were there were there were so many screenshots about his communications with uh communication with teenagers where he was trying to kind of um, i don't know how far it is true because there are certainly loopholes that i can see i won't tell what the loopholes are but i hope uh it can be concluded you know whatever it is i have no idea what's uh, uh how this thing is going to be concluded but as for what I, what i see the screenshots of teenagers saying that this comedian pursued them groomed them till they became of uh, age so that he could use them uh and uh, abuse them sexually which is really sad i was heartbroken when i really heard about it i was like how can this really happen and this guy like this comedian no way you know like uh i just i just couldn't believe it but there's a lot of evidence which is floating around which exposes um you know a lot of communications that he had with uh, with teenagers uh, um you know uh, over direct messaging and he tried to he kind of pursued them while he was kind of uh traveling all around the nation you know doing uh, his tour and uh, doing his shows at different uh, cities around the nation so that was something that really took me by surprise i couldn't believe it I just couldn't believe it because how comedians or how people use their power, fame and money to exploit kids like that, you know? Like teenagers are kids. I know myself how when I was 16 years old. I mean, I was I was a kid, man, like literally, you know? Uh 
and then you can be completely brainwashed and this guy was is in his 40s you know you can complete uh, such an elder elder man elderly man can actually ex- you uh, as at you know with that kid kid brain that you have you can actually kind of you know uh, uh tend to believe an elderly man and that's what they've used and then you know you you're powerful you have fame you have money and then you use that to kind of exploit these teenagers see i don't know there are loopholes here a lot of uh, screenshots out there of these teenagers really saying i'm not saying that they are wrong but at the same time this needs to still be concluded i don't know what's happening about it but uh, this kind of behavior is very it's like a creepy behavior you know it's really creepy it's not about uh, whether it's legal whether you're allowed to do it or not but hey man you're a you're grown up 40 plus year old man or you're in your 40s you know you cannot just exploit a teenager you cannot exploit these kids you know who are still developing man like you can't do it so i was uh, i was literally shocked because uh, this was one of the comedians that i followed and i was like this can't be you know this this is something that is uh, it terrifies me it really terrifies me and this guy who i'm talking about the comedian whose name i'm not going to take he had everything he has money he has fame he's doing well in the industry uh, and if he wanted he can have like you know uh, like th- there's no shortage for him like he had everything it's just that uh you just kind of chasing something which is which is not right you know which society doesn't accept and it's not right because you're kind of playing and playing with uh with young girls you know literally so that really kind of uh uh because i put myself as a 16 year old and 17 year old i was a kid man i was a fucking kid high school you're still in school man you're still wearing your uniform so um uh it's it's really sad that that happened and i was like literally taken by shock i didn't know what to do but that happened and then uh after after those uh the the news break broke down about this comedian who was a well known comedian uh there was another kind of video that uh, talked about two other comedians again well known people who were making fun about how uh you know um how uh, what is it called there was this one comedian telling the other one on a podcast which was uh, br- which was on youtube uh he was telling him that uh, and he's like you know an elderly man not even in his 40s i think he's he's in his 50s or something a uh, late 50s so this guy is telling the other comedian on on uh, on his podcast that uh, i don't allow uh women you know uh, i only give air time to women to do a comedy bit um uh you know on a stage only if they uh they kind of fulfill my sexual uh, pleasures like you know and then he that is creepy behavior like you know uh that this guy was talking about and then the other comedian who's podcasted is he starts laughing like literally laughing at you know what this guy said like um I'll only uh, I'll only allow uh, people to really come come on stage get air time if they fulfill my I mean women women to kind of come get air time if they fulfill my sexual pleasures that's what he says and they're laughing both of them are laughing so I believe uh, that's also taken into uh, you know that is also being investigated by how cheaply you know they talk about women and then of course when i was just checking as you know if you're a comedy fan if you watch a lot of comedy you know that 75% of comics you know at comedy clubs and all around the nation is basically male you know they're all male and just 25% are female so basically uh, maybe the main reason for uh, f- women comedians or comics not coming out is basically because of this uh, this dark side of comedy you know the what happens at the back end is really really scary maybe it's because of that and i would say that women are really funny there's no way that women are not funny we are really funny man but you need to make space out there for women like i would say 50% of women sh- comics 
among all the comics 50% of them should be you know women for sure because women are funny they can really be funny if they uh, if they get that platform and opportunity but these dark side of comedy of male comics kind of you know uh, kind of um, authoritative behavior and you know is uh, maybe driving away women from pursuing their dreams of becoming a comic maybe that could be the reason and uh, i would definitely say that you know uh, comedy clubs and all these uh, comedy places all around the nation all around the world i would say must have a human resource department to be able to kind of tackle these issues because if you have a human resources who kind of takes care of uh, issues like this like uh, you know people who abuse uh, women maybe you'll have more people on board you know uh, more women on board so uh, that's what i would definitely say uh now talking about women comedians uh, it reminds me of uh, Wanda Sykes i believe yeah Sykes now she's gay she's uh she's black and i love this bit about you know where she talks about um uh, uh where she talks about being gay is harder than being black you know it's really a funny piece and talking about women comedians you know let me play uh, her bit like literally i would say we need more women comics uh in the nation and around the world because it is it is uh there's a majority of men out here you know and it's not that women are not funny we are really funny but i think it's a dark side of comedy you know this dark side of you know being the men comics being very authoritative and trying to fulfill the abuse abusive nature i'm not saying all of them there are there are many men who are really good i have nothing against them you know i'm talking about these few cases that have come out uh in the past week that's what really bothers me especially about these two comedians talking about you know where one comedian tells the other on his podcast that hey man i only allow women to give her air time if she fulfills my sexual desire which is really sad but let's let listen to skikes uh, wonder skikes this is really skikes this is really funny you know being gay is harder than being black yes it just listen <laughs> a lot of changes man i had a lot of personal changes going on in my life a lot of personal changes i got married yeah. i got married Yeah, then I had to publicly come out. Had to do that. I had to do it. After after Prop 8, after that Prop 8, you know, fiasco in California, I had to come out. I had to say something because I was so hurt and so fucking pissed. I had to say something. Had to say something, man. Because you know what? It was like that night was crazy. Black president, yay! Oh, Prop 8 passed. Oh, shit, now I'm a second-class citizen. What the fuck? I was up here, now I'm back down here. Actually, I'm lower. I dropped lower, you know, because as a black woman, at least I'm a black woman, I could do whatever, marry whoever, but as a gay black woman, uh-uh, that, even lower. And, you know, and I think about it, I was like, yeah, you know what? It is harder. It's harder. It's harder being gay than it is being black. It is, because there's some things that I had... There's, there's some things that I have to, had to do as gay that I didn't have to do as black. I didn't have to come out black. I didn't have to sit my parents down and tell them about my blackness. <laughs> I didn't have to sit them down. Mom, Dad, I got to tell y'all something. Hope you still love me. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Mom, Dad, I'm black. <laughs> what? What did she just say? Oh Lord Jesus, she didn't say black, Lord. Did she say black? Mom, I'm black. Oh Lord, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm black. I'm, that's just how it is. No. 
No, you know what? You've been hanging around black people. You've been hanging around black people, and they got you thinking you black. They twisted your mind. It's like, no, mom, I'm I'm black. That's just that's just how it is. I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? I knew I shouldn't have let you watch Soul Train. Was it Soul Train? It wasn't Soul Train, Ma. It's just, it's just who I am. I was, I was just born black. Oh, you weren't born black. I don't want to hear that. Uh-uh. You weren't born black. The Bible says Adam and Eve, not Adam and Mary J. Blige. <laughs> I think the problem most people have with, with homosexuality is, is you know, is the, the, the religion, and also they think it's a choice. Being gay is not a choice. It's not a choice. It is, it is not a choice. And so and if you believe that's, that it's a choice, then you're saying that straight people are straight because they chose not to be gay. Right? And I'm sure a lot of straight guys in here, you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure there's you know, several occasions, you know, you probably think, you know... I think I'm gonna suck a dick today. <laughs> nah, I choose not to. <laughs> that was really funny. I mean, she is good. She's really good. And I can just actually understand, you know, it, it must be really difficult being gay. But, uh, you know, I was like surprised, taken by surprise, talking about homosexuality and um, the LGBT, gays and transgender. Uh, I was like, uh, I was actually celebrating what happened last week with the Supreme uh the Supreme Court of the United States, CODIS, basically, was on the roll last week. Like, absolutely. Like, you know, two decisions back to back. One was um, protecting LGBT, that is gays and transgenders, transgenders from discrimination at work. Now, this was... This was mind blowing because literally there's been there's been many so many cases about how uh, gays and transgenders they don't get work or they're removed from work you know once they come out. So talking about uh, LGBT gays and transgender, this was a big decision by SCOTUS, you know. Uh, now this was just an extension of the 2015. Uh, um, the 1964, sorry, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, you know, which is uh, which basically mentions the prohibition of sex discrimination. Now, the the act basically talks about how it prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, national origin, sex. That's all that the uh, 19 the 1964 Civil Rights Act prohibition act really talked about. And uh, so it was it was great, you know, it uh, prevented any kind of discrimination based on these grounds. But now the Supreme Court last week, it kind of uh, it kind of uh, made it very clear that when we say discrimination on the basis of sex, we don't only mean gender, uh, gender identity of the person, but also sexual orientation. So that's what the 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 stress was on you know of course the 1964 civil rights act is still valid it is still uh, it still makes sense whatever it is it is still there it is just a clarification and a kind of a, a stress that the discrimination on the basis of sex is not only uh, gender identity but sexual orientation and very true that it's not a choice you know it's a sexual orientation so that was one brilliant decision. I was like flowed, you know, that that happened. So now no one, you know, can really uh, refuse you your right. Uh, like, and it's it's a kind of a, it's kind of a national law. No state can say no, but, you know, we will not follow this. No, you have to because it's the Supreme Court who kind of laid down this rule. So that was huge. Like, not the H-U-G, but the Y-U-G kind of huge, huge decision, believe me. So, um 
So that's what I really liked about. And of course, uh, like back to back, like, you know, uh, SCOTUS was on the roll, definitely. Then the other decision that it really made about, uh, you know, the continuation of the DACA program, the Deferred Actions for Childhood Arrivals, which was so brilliant, like, um, uh, you know, uh, like, like as, as I was saying that you are, you know, you, you kind of, wherever you grow up as a child, that's where, you know, you, uh, you, you learn the culture of that nation. You know, that's who, who, that's the culture. That's your culture. That's, that's what you learn, basically, wherever you grow up, that's what you learn. And then when you come as an adult to any country, you know, you have to, you have to kind of understand the culture, you're learning it, you know, to kind of adapt it or kind of adopt it or whatever. But if you grow up, it's not where you were born, you know, uh, to understand a particular nation. It's where you grew up. And these kids who really come, come, uh, you know, as teenagers or young kids, you know, uh, below 15 years. So uh, when they come in a particular country, they are, they, they learn everything about who they are and who they are and everything about culture, society. Basically, you know, they came, if they came to the United States when they were less than 15 years old, then, hey, man, that's who they are, you know. So it's not their fault that they came to a particular country and they should be deported. So I love this darker deferred actions of childhood arrivals program that it got an extension that these children can continue to live here, you know, and, uh, uh, but all, the only problem with DACA, this program is there is no part to citizenship. So maybe the dream dreams act, if it's passed, it'll give them a right to citizenship. Another thing is this program, the DACA program has to be renewed after every two years. Maybe that's the loopholes in this program. But as long as they get the continuation, SCOTUS really did a fab job, you know, by giving them the continuation of this program. Because as I say, you know, you learn the culture of a particular nation or you, who you are basically where you grew up, you know, that's where you learn your trick. It's not where you, where you were born, basically. Ask me, man, because I have kind of moved around a few places and I know, you know, uh, uh, that there is, uh, that it's, it's everything. Uh, you learn everything as a kid, you know, that's where, that's where your uh, your basic ethics, morals, everything is developed when you're a kid, you know, growing up, not where you were born. That doesn't matter. So I really loved that bit of uh, uh, SCOTUS, like they were completely on a roll and took me by surprise or whatever. Anyways, uh, so that was brilliant. And I was listening to the song. Don't love me for fun, girl. Let me be the one, girl. Love me for a reason. Let the reason be love. Don't love me for fun, girl. Let me be the one, girl. Love me for a reason. Let the reason be love, 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 love. That was boys on. <laughs> See, I listened to this as a kid, so I remember it. I won't forget those words. You are who you are, too, depending on, you know, where you grew up, basically. Anyway, so what's happening with coronavirus? Is there a vaccine? No, no vaccine. Uh, are we st- are still at the same place where when we started in the month of March? Yes, we are probably perhaps in the same place. Lockdown, uh, can't do anything. Everything is closed uh, uh, inside, uh, just under lockdown. Uh, the only outlet is going out for a walk or a jog or whatever. Like, what are we doing? We just kind of no progress happening. The only new thing is, of course, people making a lot of noise and making wearing a, a mask so political like if you wear a mask okay you belong to this particular party political party if you don't wear a mask you belong to this particular political party like it's so debatable like wearing a mask like doctors wear a mask what like i I just imagine what doctors and nurses and these health professionals are going to do now because it's become so political you know like you wear a mask uh, and uh, yeah, you are uh, left, right or whatever, middle or whatever. And if you don't, then you're again, you know, you're kind of classified. I don't know how that makes me laugh. It literally makes me laugh of how it's become so political. Like literally. 
I can understand. See, the thing is, even I hate wearing a mask. I hate it from the bottom of my heart. Ex- uh, except for that, you know, I get a lot of... Uh, <laughs> I get a lot of compliments like people tell me, "Hey man, you look good in a mask." Like random people literally complimenting me about wearing a mask. Like no one has ever complimented me without a mask like that. So uh, I, it's like it makes me very insecure like am I ugly, you know? People like me when I cover my face, but when I show it to them like, you know, they don't say anything. That means I'm ugly. You know, I don't take someone telling me you look good in a mask as a compliment. No way. I don't I don't take it. It's 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 a it's very demotivating because I don't get any kind of those compliments, you know, when I'm not wearing a mask. So people like me with my face closed. Am I insecure by any chance? I have no idea. <laughs> See, I can understand, you know, what I'm trying to get to is that I can understand if if you don't like wearing a mask because it's uncomfortable, yes, I hate wearing it. But saying that you uh, are uh, you you support one particular party because you're wearing a mask, and you don't support a party because you don't wear a mask is like, hey man, what the fuck are we doing here? And there's so many rumors out there about uh, wearing a mask, you know, where in the UK, there's so much of disinformation and rumors roaming around about how uh, oxygen in the blood reduces if you wear a mask, oxygen in the brain reduces because if you wear a mask, then you start feeling weak and it may lead to death if you wear a mask. Like, what the fuck? And people are literally believing in this misinformation, you know. Then it seems in Nigeria and Africa, uh, there was uh, there were claims that children under two whose lungs are not fully developed shouldn't wear a mask because it seems uh, their lungs could be affected. Then um, don't wear a mask while exercising. So all over the world, now coronavirus is a very worldish kind of topic. So all over there's a lot of disinformation. In the United States, of course, it's about being in which political party if you wear and don't or don't wear a mask. But all over the world, it's a different situation altogether. You know, people making all those fusses. But what the World Health Organization says is that and what about surgeons, you know, who spend so so many hours wearing the mask? They're not dying, you know. They're not uh, suffocating because of the uh, because of the stop in oxygen supply, because they're breathing their own carbon dioxide that is inside that mask. All it says is, you know, change it when your mask gets damp, or uh, don't reuse a disposable mask. Uh, that's all that uh, that they say. You know, it's not that uh, you're not going to die if you wear a mask. It could be un- it could be uncomfortable, which you can clearly and blatantly say it. I mean, there's no problem. But saying that, you know, you're going to die, there's less oxygen supply to the head, to the brain, to the to the heart, to the lungs or whatever. Hey, man, what the? You know, kind of thing. That's what I'm saying. But people telling me that I look good in a mask and not telling me anything when I don't wear a mask is a clear indication that I'm ugly, man. And that makes me feel that I'm insecure, maybe. I have no idea. But I don't take it as a compliment if you tell me. I get it a lot. And sometimes even random people are telling me that I look good in a mask. Like, what the hell? You can't see, you can't see nothing when I'm wearing a mask. You know? That's worse, man. That's literally, that's literally the worst thing ever. Anyway, that's what I'm trying to say. Don't love me for fun, girl. Let me be the one, girl. Love me for a reason. Let the reason be love. Don't love me for fun, girl. Love me be the one, girl. Love me for a reason. Let the reason be love. So one thing was best about the Black Lives Moment, like, you know, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement that really uh, was, uh, like, literally... You know, as I said, the digital medium gave it a platform to really be able to reach out to millions of people all across the world, millions, billions of people's people all across the world and create an awareness about how racism is really 
not only about the color of the skin. It's about, you know, where you come from, the money that you have, your your status in society, etc. Uh, you know, your bank balance, um, the properties that you earn, etc. It's not only about the color of skin. So the Black Lives Matter movement has actually opened up the world's eyes. It's not only America that has been, you know, protesting. It's people all over the world. And, you know, people all, uh, they, they continuously say that this, this, these movements that happen, which is on uh, discrimination movements that happen, they need a leader, which just most of them don't have a leader today. You know, there were leaders that who were there earlier in the days, you know, before the time of social media, before the digital medium was really um, existed. But today, I think it's good not to have a leaders because all those leaders were literally killed you know, uh, because they were the spokesperson, they had to speak and they were literally killed, most of them. Like if you take Mahatma Gandhi and uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., they were killed basically because they were spokesperson for, you know, they spoke and they, but I think it's it's better not to have a leader, uh, especially in the digital space, so that those things don't really repeat itself and people can, you know, use the digital space to kind of, uh, protest and organize um, and communicate you know so just like I would definitely say that just like ethical hackers you know who are basically software engineers you need ethical hackers today because there are many hackers out there who hack your personal information and things like that you need ethical hackers to kind of track those those hackers you know those illegal hackers you need ethical ones you know software engineers professionals who really be able to track those hackers so in the same way i would say in conclusion that we need ethical trolls for sure you know ethical trolls are a must we have trolls who are there you know kind of surfing the social media and kind of trolling people harassing people and kind of uh, basically naggers but we need ethical trolls or trollers uh, you know, to be able to expose these people, like how comedians, you know, in the past week have been exposed. We know we need those ethical trolls to be able to surf the places and surf the internet and etc. and find out who these trolls are, you know, who need to be removed from, uh, who need to be stopped, basically. And I would really, I would not have software engineers, like, you know, for ethical hackers, you need the software engineers. For ethical trolls, you basically need teenagers and uh, Zoomers, basically, you know, because they are doing a fabulous job of bringing out, digging in those, um, this crazy dirt, you know, that's happening. And what has happened in the past week with the uh, uh, in the comedy world about how these people are getting exposed with the screenshots. Basically, they're done by teenagers and Zoomers, you know. So I would say we need to have not leaders leading these movements, but we need ethical trolls to be able to expose people like this, you know, who are and kind of um, separate them from, uh, remove them from, uh, stop them from doing anything that would harm uh, you know, um, uh, that would harm anyone. Uh, so I would basically uh, not have a software engineer do it. No professionals, just teenagers and Zoomers who can do a fabulous job as ethical trollers or trolls. So that's what I was thinking of, you know. But what I haven't forgotten is about the universal basic income because I'm telling you, UBI all over the world, each and every citizen, each and every person all over the world, 7 billion of us need to have a universal basic income deposited in our accounts every month because that will really help us, give us the peace of mind that we all deserve while we live on this planet. You know, because the people who are born rich are living a luxurious life. People who are poor, they are, it's, it's like they have nothing to start from. Like, you know, you need, you need something to be able to start from to get to the middle class level and then get better, you know, in terms of uh, status in society. But if you have nothing to begin with because you're born in a poor family, what are you going to do, you know? People who are born in the middle class family are filled with anxiety because they're slogging to live a better life. They're trying to get better and better and live a, have a better status in society. They're slogging it. That's where there's a lot of anxiety. People who are in the middle class, they have a lot. They're very. There's a lot of depression because they cannot afford to lose the little that they have. You know, they're always. Uh, 
uh, they're always scared that they might lose what the little that they already have and that makes it so the it's 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 a very uh, it's a it's very difficult to be able to survive without ubi and i think that's so important we need a universal ba- basic income for everybody you know uh, uh and i haven't forgotten about it i'll still st- keep stressing about it um and that's what we need okay so i was sitting in this uh, i was sitting in this uh, you know this yoga position where you cross your legs and then i uh, it's been almost like how many minutes 40 minutes i've been sitting in that position and now my uh, i've got cramps on one of my legs oh my god it hurts man it hurts i got cramps <laughs> okay so um yeah so that's what i was saying you know like the poor people you saying that lift himself you tell people like you know lift yourself up by by your bootstraps like i was listening to this great message by dr martin luther king you know on one of the videos that i was watching i came across uh where he talks about how you know people say that lift you lift yourself up by your own bootstraps you know and you can make it you can make it but then he also stresses dr martin luther king he also stresses that what about people who are bootless what about the bootless man he has no boot he was you know people who are poor they have nothing to start from they're bootless you know what do you do with them you know how do they start so i love this bit by uh, dr martin luther king and i want to play it you know, right now it's it's a short bit but it's very insightful and it's so true and he's a real thoughtful man so i want to play this just take take a listen what is it about the negro i mean every other group that came as an immigrant somehow not easily but somehow got around it is it just the fact that negroes are black white america must see that no other ethnic group has been a slave on american soil uh that is one thing that other immigrant groups haven't had to face the other thing is that the color became a stigma american society made the negro's color a stigma america freed the slaves in 19 i mean 1863 through the emancipation proclamation of abraham lincoln but gave the slaves no land on nothing in reality and as a matter of fact to to get started on at the same time america was giving away millions of acres of land in the west and the midwest which meant that there was a willingness to give the white peasants from europe an economic base and yet it refused to give its black peasants from africa who came here involuntarily in chains and had worked free for 244 years in a kind of economic base and so emancipation for the negro was really freedom to hunger it was freedom uh, to the winds and rains of heaven it was freedom without food to eat or land to cultivate and therefore it was freedom and famine at the same time and when white americans tell the negro to lift himself by his own bootstraps they don't oh, they don't look over the legacy of slavery and segregation i believe we ought to do all we can and seek to lift ourselves by our bootstraps but uh, it's a cruel jest to say to a bootless man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps and many negroes by the thousands and millions have been left bootless as a result of all of these years of oppression and as a result of a society that deliberately made his color a stigma and something worthless and degrading how brilliant was that how insightful was that how thoughtful was that like literally you know how true it is that if a person has nothing to begin with uh, like a bootless man you know how is he going to lift himself by his own bootstraps if he has nothing to begin with i want to leave you with this message because it is one of the bri- one of the best messages that that really opens up our mind and that's why i say universal basic income needs to be given to everybody it is a right peace of mind it will give everyone an opportunity to be able to you know lift themselves up by their own bootstraps which is so important anyways that's where i want to end uh this episode um 
um i think i just went uh, over but no i'm pretty much oh my god it's almost 15 15 minutes five zero minutes okay it's gone too long but that's all that i had for this episode um i want to leave you with that very important message you know uh, which is an eye-opening message dr martin luther king the most insights insightful thoughtful man that this world has ever uh seen anyway um yeah that's all that i had for uh this week please don't forget you can write to me at uh just a nobody podcast at gmail.com you can also dm me on my twitter uh my twitter handle is uh m-e-a-r-l-c-o-l-a-c-o uh write to me anything that you want to ask or you know since this is a one-way communication i'll as i always say if you want to say something want to want me to speak about something please drop in a, uh, a message on my dm and i would definitely uh tackle it anyways that's all that i have do should i uh, kind of play a song let me just do something you know because i just don't want to leave uh let me play this uh love me for a reason boys on listen to it a little bit and then uh maybe we'll wind up the show Love me for fun, girl. Let me be the one, girl. Love me for a reason. Let the reason be love. Don't love me for fun, girl. Let me be the one, girl. Love me for a reason. Let the reason be love. Yeah, that's all that I had for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it because I know it takes a lot, man, to really listen to somebody and for so long. Hey, man. Thank you for that. Anyways, uh, until next time, I'm going to record my shows, I think, mostly on Sundays because it's really difficult over the weekdays. I was like just trying to guess whether I would, could do it. But anyways, it's not really possible. Um, until next time, baby. Bye, 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 bye.